2: If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down David
0: and Jessica will turn it around They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how You played yourself and got voted out This is why Blank Lost And This is why Blank Lost Baby, this is why Blank Lost
2: Welcome back to Why Blank Lost for Survivor 45. I'm David Bloomberg, and I am absolutely stuffed. Not from a rotisserie chicken, but from pretty much everything else. Thanksgiving weekend just provided. Uh, (laughs) Joining me as always is, of course, my co-host, Jessica Lewis. I don't know if she's equally stuffed.
1: Listen, I will just say that Thanksgiving is the only time that it is incredibly appropriate to Mm. eat pie with cola for breakfast. So, you know, that's just something you should do.
2: I don't know that it's the only time, but okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> just, you know.
1: Yes, but it is definitely um very filling. It has been very filling and now I need to get back to not eating yes. so much food in such a short amount of time.
2: Yes, but go back. It's all to delicious. Being a survivor, you know. Uh right. Yeah. You know. Mhm. Um yes, I hope uh, everyone out there had a good Thanksgiving weekend if you celebrate or mm-hmm. Just had a good weekend in general. If you don't, Um, I got my prediction right about Kendra getting voted out. So that made my weekend even better.
1: Uh, We, we, I was included in that too.
2: Oh, yeah. After me, sure. Oh,
1: stop it. You know the worst,
2: you know the worst part? What? I made my draft picks and apparently Mm -hmm. I made them before I finalized my thoughts for the podcast. And mm-hmm. I went back and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get 15 points. No, I didn't put Kendra in my draft picks. I don't know why. I didn't go back and update them. So I'm like, oh.
1: well, so much for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you've lost there, but what can you know, but gained we're right here? Yes, so. gained
2: imaginary points here. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So Yes,
1: no, you did gain imaginary points. Yes. Um, but so, yes, we were correct in our we prediction. We were correct. Uh, and I am never normally correct. So sorry, Kendra. But I feel like I've been doing better so Go you
2: Go you. <laughs> we'll see if that stays the same. Because um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Jake's going to win. Just saying.
2: We'll see if that stays the same. <laughs> um so, of course, we're uh, we're a couple days later than usual because of holiday travels and visitors for both of us, but that won't change how we look at what happened this week. We will still follow our usual path comparing Kendra's games to my rules for winning that I originally wrote way back after season one and have been updating ever since, using all the non-spoiler information available to us from what we saw on TV, interviews, social media, and secret scenes. Now, the one change this week is that when I say interviews, I mean, older interviews. Uh-huh. Uh, we didn't want to wait another day or more for Kendra's interviews to come out after the holiday weekend before we got this podcast to you. Um, I think we'll be able to answer our own questions pretty well anyway. I I don't foresee any major revelations. I mean, uh, of course, the point of them being major re- bleh, revelations is uh, that. You didn't know about them. So I guess, you know, yeah, if there were, then we wouldn't know they were coming. But I'm still predicting there aren't any. Uh, yes. we'll 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 have to see. If there are anything huge that changes anything we say this week, we will be sure to make note of it next week.
1: Or we might just tweet about it we'll or both. make a TikTok about it. Yeah.
2: Both. But all of all of the above. <laughs> all of the above. That's great. Right. Before we get to our discussion of the rules, we always have some other things to discuss from this week's episode, and we'll start with a variant of our usual Bruce Katura content because it took a big turn this week. Mm. I mean, first of all, Katura actually had a confessional that wasn't talking about Bruce. So that was... Wasn't there you know, like
1: a smidge, though? I feel like there was a little bit about Bruce. Uh, well, that I too.
2: don't know. I, you know, at least most of it wasn't. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, You know, the Reba people told Bruce that Kelly wanted him out and talked about him being Mm. too controlling and dragging down her game. And it is true. She did say those things. It is also true that she did intend to vote him out if she could have. But the Reba were making it almost sound like they were helping Bruce. Like, oh, we got rid of Kelly. She wanted you gone. Mm. And nothing could have been further from the truth. Sure. Um, More important was Bruce's own reaction And his reflection to wonder, you know, was I really like that? Because he said he treats his, you know, he he treated Kelly like he treated his own daughter. And so now he was wondering, you know, did he need to go back and talk to his daughter and find out? Is he too overbearing?
1: Mm. Listen. Oh, go ahead.
2: Well, I was going to say as much as we have joked about Bruce this season, it was rough to see him going through this kind of moment of self-doubt, you know, going all the way to his parenting. I, I yeah. have, I believe he's a great guy. And I'm sure by now he knows that a lot of it is the difference between real life and game, but that's exactly the thing. A daughter would expect a parent to treat them a certain way. Mm-hmm. A fellow equal player in a game would not. And right. that is something that people need to remember. Yes, you may be twice as old as some of these people. They may be your kid's age. You may mm-hmm. be three times as old as these people in some cases, you know, and, but you are all equals on Survivor. And yeah. you have to remember that. And, like, Carolyn was on RHAP with Rob last week, and she staunchly defended Bruce by saying, if you're a dad, you're a dad. If you're a coach, you're a coach. You can't ask someone to turn that off, but I can and I do for the game. Yes. Be a dad to your own kids. Don't be a dad to someone else's kids.
1: Yeah. And I will say that that whole scene with Bruce, I really did appreciate the fact that we we got the feels because mm-hmm. i do feel like so much of what we've seen of bruce hasn't allowed us to appreciate that component of him right and i i do really love the way that it was structured that we we heard it from bruce's perspective but we also heard drew speaking about bruce as well and i just i love the word i i actually i looked it up because i he said tempestuous. So that was the, the, where, you know, Bruce, was, and I just was like, what is this word? And I, so I did look it up because I was fascinated by the use of that term by Drew because it's such a Drew thing to do to drop yes. some uh, 50 cent word Big in word, like yes. that. Yes. Um, but needless to say, I I really liked the fact that it was a reflection by someone else about Bruce and it wasn't in a negative tone. It was just kind of explaining the issues that Bruce was dealing with Mm -hmm. and and how he was going to come out of it. So I really did love that we had that moment and I am hopeful that it allows Bruce to change his game a little bit because I know I just said, there's been a lot of, you know, joking about Bruce. I think Bruce is an incredible person and I do think that he came into the game with this idea of being the fun uncle. I mean, he talked about that pregame and he wanted to avoid being the dad, but again, sometimes you can't turn certain parts of yourself off and we've acknowledged that on this podcast time and time again, but you also do have to like read the room and recognize where you, where you're at Mm -hmm. and you might not want to play that role and you might not want to be that person and other people might not want you to be that person either. And so I'm, I'm curious to see, how this develops for Bruce and how he moves through this. And and that's why I loved the fact that Drew spoke to that. So I'm hopeful that that Drew was maybe foreshadowing a little bit for us as viewers that like, this will be a moment for Bruce to really kind of pick a path. We'll see. But I, I thought it was a really nice storyline for Bruce. And I did really appreciate the way that it was put together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, there's a difference between real life and the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, yeah, it's it's good to, you know, be a reliable parent for your kid. But your advice is not always sought in the game of equals.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's certainly fair. And so maybe so, now he will have that recognition. And as he moves forward in the game,
2: yeah, little, but little, I also a little, little too late. Yeah,
1: well, but here's here's the thing I'll say about the, the Reba component as well. Of course, Reba's going to make it all about Kelly because right. they don't want Bruce to be upset with them. So they're going to be like, "We were helping you. We we yes. took out your arch nemesis over here, even though you thought she was your number your number one ally." So it makes sense that they approached it in that oh, fashion yeah. because they want to keep Bruce there as a number if they need him. So I I can understand why they did that.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, it was great gameplay on their part. Mm-hmm. So. Now, speaking of Bruce, as Caleb noted from the jury, he has been immune for 16 days. He's been mm. vulnerable for one whole vote. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, he had his immunity idol even then. Um, the funny thing was, in tribal council, Bruce saying this made him a bigger target. Mm. Bruce, you were already the biggest target. It, you, you couldn't get any bigger. So, yeah, don't worry about the target. Keep winning immunity. Because that's the only way you're going to get away with not using that item. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I still feel like he's in the final three. I really do.
2: I mean, it's possible he could win his way there. Um, sure. Now, the one thing that Bruce said that made me shake my head was when he, he said, tribe lines are gone. Yeah, mm. they are for you, Bruce, <laughs> but not for Reba. Now no. it may speak to what we were just uh, suggesting reba hiding their alliance which is something we'll talk about more as we go through here but watching from the outside you just want to yell at the tv or make a TikTok about it or something like that um but yeah um it's it's like no no tribe lines are not gone Mm -hmm. you know the reba are still acting together but again it goes back to what you said this is an explanation as to why all the reba voted together and you know, it's like, oh, they all voted to save you, Bruce. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But it, you would think it should be very apparent to mm-hmm. the people who are playing with them that like, oh, isn't that interesting? Reba all seems to be voting together all the time.
2: Crazy. You would think so. But they keep getting everybody to vote all together all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's even
2: true. even the even this vote. They got Bruce and Jake on board.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So.
2: I mean, it's easy to get Jake on board. Just say, we won't vote for you if you vote this way, you know. Um, But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, and that leads to, you know, the Reba 4 plus Emily. There were some interesting things happening there because Mm, the plus Emily part Mm -hmm. seems to be wearing a bit thin. Austin talked about he always tells, quote, my alliance of four, what's going on? Mm -hmm. which told us exactly where Emily sits with him and drew, which is outside the Alliance of four. Um, And those two also essentially showed that to her outwardly because she came in and she was like, well, what if we voted against, Oh, I don't know. D Mm -hmm. and, and they were like, uh, 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 you know, deer and headlights. They were, (laughs) They were very much the same way when they got busted looking for an idol by Dee and Julie. Um, Yes. I mean, their eyes were as big as the ones Austin ate at the auction. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, and and the pause followed by excuses.
1: Yeah, the pause was very uncomfortable. And Emily is very smart and clearly saw that and went, yeah, that's not okay. That means I am not In the final three, as they promised me. Right. So she's definitely going to have a bit of an issue moving forward.
2: Yeah. She saw exactly where she stood. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and then. In case there was any doubt, when they decided to go against Kendra and Emily was like, well, there are others in the tribe who are bigger threats and less likely to vote for me. So I'd rather go against them. Yeah, they didn't care. The target didn't change. She had no say.
1: Right. D, who voiced the same concern, did have a say.
2: Oh, yes. All the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Um, now, there is someone else in the Rebo Alliance who has no say, and that is Julie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we saw her pretend to Kendra that she was on the bottom of the Alliance so she could get more info. But it turns out she is on the bottom of the Alliance, mm-hmm. at least yeah. the way it looks to us, because... You know, there was this little fight between her and and D about who should who should go, and you know she wanted out. Jay, she wanted Jake out two votes in a row, and still mm-hmm. hasn't gotten her way. Which good, Sorry, well, yes, yeah. uh, but <laughs> it it's really saying, yeah, you you truly are on the bottom.
1: And I and I don't disagree with that at all. The one thing that I do think is. An argument that Austin has been making, and that's the keeping D around as kind of a shield. But if we look at who's been doing really awesome in challenges, Julie's been doing really awesome mm-hmm. too. So, you know, there's this idea that it's yeah, D's doing great, but Julie's doing great. So, does it really come down to that? I, Austin, maybe just needs to step up and do better in challenges. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Stop trying to hide behind people, but yes. but it is it is an interesting dynamic when we see these groups of four that become so solid and do want to go all the way to the end. But at mm-hmm. some point in time, someone is going to try to make a move. Someone's going to make a decision that's going to upset someone. The numbers are really dwindling at this point. So if someone wants to try to flip things, now is really the only shot that they've got to do that. Otherwise, well, this you're just going to
2: vote was. But we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, it was pointed out, and I'm I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was that pointed this out on Twitter, uh, but it was pointed out that because of Final Four fire making, an alliance of four truly never has to turn on each other.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I mean, they yes, they get to Final Four, someone wins, someone puts someone in fire making, but you know, they don't truly have to vote someone out.
1: Right. There's no decision that needs to be made to to remove someone from the game. Yeah. So
2: as long as everybody in there feels equally comfortable, you're fine. And there was a confessional of Julie where she said in a very animated way, I want to go to the end with D." And, you know, I made a TikTok out of this. And as I watched the over and over again, I began to wonder, Was this real or was it out of context and she was being sarcastic because Mm. it was so over the top and she was making faces? and, um, And then some commenters said the same thing. If she's being serious as it was portrayed, then it leaves the question of why she would want to go to the end with D when so many other players are saying D will beat just about anyone.
1: Which I'm kind of fascinated with. I do think that Dee is doing a great job, but I don't know why she's such a standout and everyone thinks she's going to beat everyone in the end.
2: I think she, I think her social game is generally better. I just think we're not necessarily seeing it.
1: Mm, that's fair.
2: And also if you're, I mean, let's say that Julie and Dee make it to the end. Dee is going to say twice, Julie wanted to vote out Jake and I wouldn't let her. And I voted out the people I wanted to. I was Mm. the one who was getting control. Julie had no control.
1: Yeah. And then Austin would be like, but it was me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, who knows where he'll be by then? Um, But
1: But they still have two idols.
2: Yes. Well, sort of. He gave one to Julie.
1: Well, right. But but I said they. Like I'm looking at the group of four. If they really are truly.
2: I, I know that. Yeah. If they really are truly. We never saw in this episode a reason to show us that he gave it to Julie. Like, if Julie's just going to turn around and give it back to him, why did we even see that? It was me. Well,
1: okay. And I don't disagree that it was. Oh, I see. So, like, in the episode, there was a reason he gave it to her in the episode. But you're just saying, why never... show that if she doesn't?
2: Right. Interesting. Right. So, might just either... be hers. well it is hers technically and so (laughs) well, right he gave it to her yes are they you know is she going to pull a fast one on him or is something else weird going to happen Mm, you know uh, so so yeah we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that um but yeah yeah i i don't know i don't know Um, Is there anything else you wanted to discuss about the other players before we move on to our regular segment?
1: I just want to say that rotisserie chicken disappointed me greatly.
2: I know. And you posted that. You you tweeted that. And Bruce is there saying it was huge. And it's like, it
1: wasn't. And I, you know what? I'm I guess kidding. maybe if you haven't eaten in like forever, then yeah. it would be, but it, it was like when they first showed it, I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, that's a ginormous bird. And then it came walking in and, and then I saw how tiny it was. <laughs> and I was like, it's like a Hannaford chicken. Like you buy those little rotisserie chickens in like the plastic containers that yeah. everyone makes fun of. It was like one of those. I mean, yes, they got chicken and that's great. But I, I was really quite taken aback by how tiny it was
2: (laughs) i mean to be fair there were only three of them you know i sure but how many times have we seen these
1: massive spreads when there's only like two people or three people eating and here there's like there's a little tiny chicken rip it apart have fun which
0: well chickens
1: are delicious i am i'm not discounting that but it was tiny
2: yeah, now well, Bruce Bruce disagrees with you, and he was I there. I know he so, got it, so, and
1: you know what? I'm sure that it it was probably like the most food he's eaten in a long time.
2: So of yes, course it was a lot. Yes.
1: But I did appreciate him coming to the defense of the small
2: d- defense <laughs> of the chicken. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. Well, it's time for our Jeff Probst is wrong about blank segment, and I saved something that I know both of us wanted to yell about right away in this episode and people mm. were probably surprised we haven't already so let me do that now <laughs> Jeff stop taking away people's votes
1: Yes I agree please I completely agree with that argument it's the sentiment whole yelling
2: point of the game Yeah Jeff is obsessed with this and I don't know why it needs to stop
1: Yeah well I I know that there's this idea that they want to keep Changing the game so you don't know what's going to happen, and they want to add advantages, take advantages away, do all these new tricks mm-hmm. and, and everything. And I feel like this was another one of those like, oh, here's an idea. Let's try this. It's fine if you want to try it once.
0: Yeah. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, just hear me out because it's like the hourglass, right? The hourglass was terrible. They mm. tried it, it was awful. It was a terrible, terrible idea. They learned a little bit. You would think that they would not keep pushing this let's take people's votes away agenda. And now we're up to, we're going to take three people's votes away, which is insane when you're at nine, because that is truly a moment in the game that we have seen in so many other seasons where a shift happens. This is where people can kind of rally the numbers. And there's, you know, the the vote at nine vote at eight are usually very significant votes. Mm -hmm. And now you're taking three people's vote away from them. It's just, and Not to mention, was there anything else? And I'm just trying to remember. There wasn't anything weird happening with anyone else's vote, right? Because everyone else didn't have any weird advantage. It took anything away. So at least, you know, there was that. But yeah, you're just, you are not allowing them to play the game the way that the game was meant to be played.
2: Yeah. And I mean, there were even worse parts about this that didn't happen. Like someone could have thrown the whole challenge for those three. Mm. Someone could have. Force those, you know, two other people to lose their votes. If they had organized in a way, I mean, they could have done it anyway. You know, they could have just said, oh, well, as it turns out, if I sit that, just sit, you know, down right here. We'll lose and suddenly my group will have the majority or, you know, something like that. And Hmm. I mean, the other thing that's really bad is. If they wanted to target Bruce and ensure that they really did flush that idol, Julie could have just, you know, thrown the whole thing.
1: Yeah, but Julie was very concerned about how, because here's the other thing, is they didn't know how it was going to necessarily change things in tribal council until they got there, right? They, because Julie was concerned that what if they end up having to go to like three separate tribal councils and then there's only three people. It like?
2: After it was announced, after yeah. announced, it, he yeah. could have just said, okay, I'm going to throw this. Bruce will lose and then we can flush his idol out, mm. you know? And yeah. I mean, they didn't, you know, as far as we saw, none of that happened, but right. it could have. Mm-hmm. And if this ever happens again, you better believe players will be ready for it. Not right next season because they won't have seen it yet. But, you know, after that and it's just don't take people's votes away. Stop it. It's one thing if it's their decision. Yes. Like if someone picks up a beware advantage, well, as much as I hate it, if they pick up a beware advantage, OK, they know they're risking their vote. Right. This, exactly. They showed up at a challenge and yeah. have no choice in the matter.
1: Yes. And that is something that I think we might have mentioned last week, too. It's yes, the same thing like the shot in the dark where right. when it, that's your choice and there's a, a much different component to this game when it's your choice where you actually are weighing the options. What's going to matter now, my vote or mm-hmm. the potential one in six right. shot that I'm going to be saved or, you know, that that this advantage might have something great on the mm-hmm. other side, so I'm, I'm willing to risk my vote. You have an opportunity to think about it. You have an opportunity to have a say in your own game. This is com- just taking that away. It's completely taking away the ability for you to choose. And also, it's negatively affecting any plans that were in place going into the challenge. Any and The way that they ended up breaking everybody down was interesting yeah. because they didn't stick with Alliances, it was more Mm -hmm. of a, you know, we want to break everybody up by strength. So that
2: at least. Well, and so that Drew was in the best position, you know, I mean, his suggestions helped do it. So it's like, okay, I want to be in a good position when this all happens.
1: Oh, sure. Right. But at least then it was people were kind of split amongst the three groups as opposed to, you know, being together. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, if you if if we had had three Reba all together and all three lost their votes, you know?
2: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that's what they were going for. I think, like so many other twists, this is meant to stir things up. Mm. And it reminds me a lot of the Big Brother twists, because in theory, they look like they could shake shake things up if there were like a large alliance controlling the outcome. Mm-hmm. But instead, they inevitably cause more conservative gameplay, which is the opposite yes. of what Jeff claims to want. Mm-hmm. And in this particular instance, we had a situation where Emily was realizing her position, saw that it might not be so great. And if she hadn't lost her vote, it's possible she might have actually been able to do something about it. Emily mm-hmm. even said that herself. But instead, we got a seven person vote with four ReBA voting, right. Great job making sure things got mixed up there, Jeff. Really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So it becomes a simple, simple, bleh, simple, hagong type vote.
1: Yeah.
2: It, it's yeah. the opposite of a good twist.
1: Yes, I don't disagree. So let's not do that again, Jeff.
2: Okay. No, okay. no. Thanks. All right. Uh, of course, I have a few other thoughts that I have or will be putting on uh, TikTok. So you can check those out at David Bloomberg TV. And before we see how Kendra did, we do need to mention that the rules we're about to discuss come in a shorter and much more colorful version in poster form. Uh, yes. Go to Rob has scroll down to the poster and click it and buy it and it will be sent to you and then you can hang it. That's right. Uh and uh so in addition to the poster you can uh scroll down to the t-shirt and scroll down to the checklist t-shirt. Uh now there was an RHAP Black Friday sale going on. I don't know if it's still going on as of now, but check into that look on the RHAP um uh it, social media to see if it's how long it goes, depending on when you're watching this that applies to the t-shirts. So uh, definitely check that out and buy one for everyone on your list.
1: That's right. It's a great present idea.
2: It is. It is. If, if Mm -hmm. we do, if we do say so ourselves and we are completely, (laughs) completely unbiased. Totally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. All right, well, Kendra didn't come in as someone who struck me as super strategic. And the way she played reinforced that. Did it finally catch up with her? Was she targeted for not playing enough? Or did she somehow end up with a mirror image of scheming too much? In a tribal council where only seven of the nine players could vote, how did they all end up focused on her? It's time to figure out why Kendra lost. And I've already shocked Jessica just. I know
1: in this. Was, that was quite the intro. I love yeah.
2: that. Um, all right. The first and most important rule is the scheme and plot. And I feel like Kendra was doing some of this. But like I just said, wasn't exactly a super strategic person. Mm. Her first ally was Kelly. But as she described it at tribal council this week, Kelly was her first friend. Friend. Yeah. In the game. And you could certainly be both but it seems like Kendra leaned more on the friend aspect and less mm, on mm-hmm. the strategy.
0: Yeah. Now,
2: you know, we saw a different side of that when she immediately wanted to target Jake because he's a lawyer and therefore must be smart, which we discussed earlier, but, um,
1: those damn you know, lawyers.
2: Yeah. Some people might actually want to align with smart people to help them. but. Right if Bello had gone to the first tribal council, it seems from the interviews we've gotten that Jake might indeed have been the target just for that reason. Though, of course, Bruce got ahead of him on the chopping block order after that. But the point is, it wasn't like she was targeting Jake because of some grand strategic reason, rather yeah. because how she felt, she felt yeah. he must be smart. Compare this to Keturah who saw what Kendra was doing and jumped on it to help insulate herself. Yeah. That was strategy. And you may say, well, why was Kendra pointing it out? Not strategy and Keturah jumping on it, strategy. Kendra did it for non-strategic reasons. Keturah did it for strategic reasons.
1: And wasn't there also a component to Kendra's decision where she was hoping that she could work with the women? So it was it was Kelly yeah but so it was there was also that other angle to it as well. Yes. yes. So I, I feel like she had a bit of a reason, but yes, it was it, it wasn't one it, it was very similar to like it wasn't the salesperson that we saw. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. You know where yeah, you know where it's like you just you find a reason that someone has to go home whether or not it necessarily makes sense for the game is head scratching. And and I know that people have often looked at if you're a lawyer, then you can't be trusted, mm-hmm. or you're going to be, you know, you're too smart I mean, to have that them in the true. game.
2: They the can't be trusted. That, that is
1: not true. Yeah. Not um, true. Not true. We can all be trusted. But uh, I will say, that
2: all, I can guarantee you can't all be trusted. Okay. Yeah. Some of us can be trusted. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, okay.
1: But I, I do think that it was a little too quick for her to make assumptions as far as Jake was concerned and how that was necessarily going to affect his game, because I think we've now seen professions don't really matter anymore on Survivor. They used to have much more of a significant component to why people or how people played Mm -hmm. and how people voted and things that they focused on. But I don't feel like it's as significant anymore, even though we do have multiple lawyers this season who aren't not admitting to being lawyers, rightfully mm. so, because it it is it's a risk right. that you take. But yeah, I do think that Kendra was more, and I'm not jumping ahead, but it was a little more emotional than it was strategic.
2: Well, and that's exactly it, because you mentioned you compared it to Cody bringing up a salesperson. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, he did that on purpose for strategic reasons. I right, I I mean, yes, it was used for strategic reasons, but I, I you know I don't think. Kendra was sitting there going, oh, I'm going to put the target on him. <laughs> it was just, you know, how she felt.
1: Yeah. And I and I think that that's also why she wanted to work with the women, because she right. was also more, you know, had had the desire to have that relationship. So I think a lot of the decisions she was making were not necessarily coming from a strategic place, but more of a. A feeling place. How does it make her feel as opposed to how does she think it's going to work in her game long term?
2: Yeah. And we've heard about the day one twist where she went to Lulu's camp and talked to them. And Brando said in interviews that, you know, she came back to Bello and said she spent a lot of time talking to Emily and felt they had a good bond. So when the swap came, Brando assumed Emily would therefore be on their side against the Reba guys and talked about it being an unspoken agreement. Now, we mm-hmm. said at the time that you should never assume anything unspoken. I mean, you half the time can't assume anything spoken, but especially unspoken. Mm-hmm. And he you know, said in his interviews that he should have talked to and promised her more. And I think we have to say the same thing about Kendra as well. Even though she wasn't voted out back then, she was blindsided. And that process led to the start of Reba dominating and Bello being picked off you know, could she and Brando have prevented that and really changed the whole tenor of the game mm-hmm. by having, you know, more or deeper discussions with Emily? We'll never know for sure, but it couldn't have hurt.
1: That's fascinating because I because it really, I think, shows almost how surface level the relationships that she was forming were. I do, I think that really supports this idea that Kendra was going into this game with more of a, I want to be your friend, as opposed to, I want to play a game with you. I I want to be an alliance partner. And I think that that dynamic right there speaks volumes as to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what her interpretations were of the relationship. Brando wasn't there when she was talking to Emily and she came back and said, yeah, Emily and I formed a bond and we got really close. So in Brando's mind, he's probably thinking, well, great, we have a strategic component here we've got a number and in kendra's mind it was more like i have a new friend and but but it's but it's not i don't want to say that to be uh mean it's i just feel like that's who that's who kendra is kendra Mm -hmm. is very interested in that personal bond that she can create with people and she's not someone who came into this game wanting to be cutthroat and wanting to take people out and and do all of this crazy strategy. She really is about forming friendships. And I think she's of the mindset that those friendships will then develop into the game. Like we saw with, with her approach with Kelly, it was, mm-hmm. she's my, she's my first friend in this game. And to her, that meant the world. And then right. that meant that she and Kelly were going to ride off into the sunset together because they were friends, but it, this is survivor. And so as you've already said, you can be friends I mean, with someone. I they kind of did it
2: right off into the sunset.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> just at different times. Um, uh, But yeah. yes, but you know, you can be friends with someone. That doesn't mean you're formulating a strategy with that right. person as to how to win the game. Or you can be doing both. And, and I do think that that was where Kendra just kind of left things off. It's like, oh, I formed a bond with this person. And then that's going to carry me through when in actuality, that's not how Survivor works.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Then, as we move forward, they're at the split tribal council. Kendra had a perfect opportunity to strike against one of the people who took out Brando. But instead of pushing to get rid of Drew, she went along with the plan to vote out Sifu. Mm. Now, both Drew and Sifu were Reba, but Drew, of course, is one of the directors of strategy while Sifu was on the outs and disposable from a game point. Mm -hmm. You know, last week we discussed that Kelly indicated there was some pushback about going after Drew. I think if Kendra had been on her side about this, they could have gotten it done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't disagree. And I just feel like that's not the way that she was playing this game. And she wasn't the type of personality that's going to push for that because she is she is very much interested in in the emotional component as opposed to the strategic component.
2: Yeah. Now, after Kendra was completely blindsided by the Kelly vote last week, all bets were off. She had no allies left. We might have thought she'd at least have Katora, but no, Katora abandoned that sinking ship and gave information to Reba about how Kendra was targeting Deep. And, you know, Katora, for her part, acknowledged she'd be fifth with the Reba's, but knew that working with her fellow bellows hadn't worked, so she was trying to save herself. Kendra also tried to turn on a fellow bellow uh Jake and it might have worked if not for her just plain getting out schemed by Katura and also Julie who as we mentioned earlier pretended she was on the bottom of her alliance and used that to get more damning information from mm-hmm. Kendra she yeah. just when it came to the scheming part she just wasn't very good at it yeah no she's not
1: a schemer she's she's just a kind kind hearted soul
2: yes All right. Well, this leads us nicely to the second rule, which I think, you know, is where in my intro there, you got a little surprised uh, because (laughs) it says not to scheme and plot too much and to keep your scheming secret. Kendra was not great at that last part, especially. Mm. Uh, As we just mentioned, she told D's own ally that she wanted to target D. I mentioned earlier that the Reba must be doing a good job of hiding how tight they are. But it's still not a great idea to volunteer information like that to someone who had literally been publicly called out at an earlier tribal council for being too close to the person you are discussing. Yeah, that's fair. Caleb called them out and said, These are a threat. They're too close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, plus, Julie further noted it was obvious that Kendra wanted D out. She wore it all over her face and body. Hmm. Which tells us a lot about Kendra's abilities to keep secret.
1: Yeah. And again, I just feel like this is just not part of what her personality allows. Where, you know, it's it's one of those ideas where people come in like, I don't want to lie, I want to play Survivor. Well, you're Mm -hmm. gonna have to. Yeah. That's just that's just what it is. You're going to have to I don't know that
2: she ever said that. I don't remember anything, you know, from And I don't think she
1: said that. But I just just watching her gameplay and watching how she formulated these relationships mm-hmm. and, and conversations that she had. I think in Kendra's mind, she was really of the idea that, well, if I share with someone, then that person will respect me because I'm sharing with them and we're going to have, we're going to be on the same level. No, katora as you've already said, ran right over to the others and went, guess what? Right. This is what's happening. And so everyone has a different kind of idea when they play survivor and what they will and will not allow themselves to do. And I just feel like Kendra was someone who is just not, she's not a schemey person and she's not interested in hurting people, which is why I think we saw her cry when Kelly was voted out. I mean, this is, this is who she is. And so it doesn't surprise me that she would be a little ignorant and think that, well, if I share with this person, they're not going to go tell the other person what I said. Because I'm having a moment with them and and we're it's kind of like the conversation she had with Emily where she thought we formed this bond and now we're really close. But in Emily's world, it was like, okay, well, we talked, you know, and that was great, but it wasn't strategic. And so I just feel like it's it's the same thing here where she just was thinking, well, if I have this conversation and I'm sharing, whereas Julie was doing it for a strategic reason I will open up to her. She will open up to me. So clearly this is something that they see Kendra doing, which is why Julie knew she could do
2: that. Yeah. And, you know, you said she's not scheming. When she tried to scheme like this situation, it didn't Mm. work out. And, of course, that wasn't the first time she had this issue because she was trying to get everybody on board to blindside Bruce at the Split Tribal Council. Mm -hmm. But Bruce easily saw what was happening and told Kelly he knew Kendra was running around talking to everyone and coming for him. So, right. you know, not exactly the, you know, secret agent uh, 007 here plotting the blind side against the guy with the idol.
1: Right. And if it's not part of your construct, then, yes, I think you're going to be very bad at it when you try.
2: Yeah, Kendra, don't go join the CIA. It's not for you. Um, so. All right. Well, the third rule tells players to be flexible. And considering the conversation we just had, I think I know the answer to this already, but how do you think Kendra did here?
1: Mm, Well, I mean, (laughs) I think, I, I think she was very, very bad at it. She like, she, and this is, well, because here's the thing. I think Kendra was like, I would like to vote this person out. And but then she was also, it is wishy-washy. I don't know if that's like the right word, but it, it was very, um, she had an idea, but then she didn't really formulate a plan for the idea. And then I don't know that it
2: was wishy washy. I mean, like, for example, with Bruce, she wanted him out. There was no wishy washiness about it. Okay.
1: So it's, 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 but it's also like you talked about Drew, where she wasn't, you know, she didn't like stick with Drew. And when they were like, no, it's going to be seafood. And she was kind of like, okay, well, then that's fine. So is this this interesting place where she was like, I have an idea and I want this to happen, but I'm really not going to push to make it happen. But then over here, I have this idea and I want this to happen and I'm going to be, I am going to try to push. So it was like it was a very strange dynamic to watch her work through her options.
2: Yeah, I I also feel like she wasn't really a flexible player. You know, she had her friends and then there was everyone else. Like, you know, when she was trying to blindside Bruce, one thing he mentioned was that she hadn't talked strategy to him since the beginning. Now mm-hmm. part of that was she was swapped to the other tribe but she even when they came back together again she needed to see that the bellow were trying to stick together and at least talk to him not yeah. just to Kelly you know Kelly's talking to Bruce Kelly's talking to Katura Kelly's talking mm-hmm. to Kendra and you know like we we had said she was the glue but yeah that's why everything fell apart when when they voted out Kelly because mm-hmm. they, you know, if those two weren't even talking to each other, uh, you know, Kendra and Bruce, well, they certainly weren't going to work together.
1: Right. But she did come back around on Jake. She initially she was did. like, Jake's got to go. And then she's like, you know what? Jake's kind of fine. I'm okay with Jake.
2: Yes. So, and that <laughs> was the one part of flexibility that I also thought of was after he almost passed out and she talked to him. So here's the thing if he had not almost passed out, would she have ever even talked to him? Oh, well, that's it have a good question. Like Bruce, you right. know, and so when she did talk to him, she realized, oh, he's not so bad. Right. And so she was able to change her mind, but she had to be pushed into that situation for it mm. to happen. And then, of course, she changed her mind back and wanted Jake out. But of course, you know, a lot of that was <laughs> self preservation. So who can blame her on that one?
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's very interesting to see the shifts that she was making. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really do think that it it boiled down to who she was friends with more than anything.
2: Yes. Um, And yeah, uh, you know, like, you know, same thing with Jake that we just discussed. So so the fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control them. Hmm. (laughs) Um, Uh, Kendra is an emotional being. Uh, She's She's not doing the statistics and the psychological evaluations to determine how people are going to act. She is, as you had indicated earlier, hundred percent going off of emotion. Yes. Uh, you know, we talked about you know her saying Kelly was her first friend in the game, not mm-hmm. ally. Uh, we talked about just a moment ago, you know, how she decided she could work with Jake after she had a friendly conversation mm-hmm. with him. We talked about her friendly conversation with Emily. And this is also what led her to try to blindside Bruce from the opposite side of friendliness. Uh, you know, Kelly is there trying to hold them together, and she's out there going, "No, oh, we must get Bruce." And you know, it it seemed like she was playing on vibes while others were playing on strategy.
1: Yeah. And I know that she's been compared to Drew Barrymore, but it just keeps cu- popping into my brain the more we talk about her. <laughs> <like this. laughs> like, with that, with that, like, the flower and the hair and the um, the, the way that, that Drew Barrymore would kind of focus on um, various parts of, of life. And I do think that wasn't Kendra into, uh, like, astrology and oh God, yes. wasn't that a big part of it too so yeah i mean i do think a lot of it is about it's how she feels and mm-hmm. and that's what it really boiled down to for kendra and so the emotional component of this game i think weighed on her because for someone who is so emotionally vulnerable to come in and then play a game like survivor boy that's that's going to be a very very yeah. Hard thing to do, especially when you see someone like Kelly, who you refer to as your first friend in the game, get voted out and you're literally crying when you're at tribal council because it was so emotional for you. Mm -hmm. So I do think that someone like Kendra coming in and playing this game, it's going to be that much more difficult on her because she is so emotionally invested in people, not from a strategic standpoint not from a, I want to win a million dollars mm-hmm. standpoint. It's I'm friends with this person and this person, and I had a moment and we bonded and, and I took time to talk to this person. And now I really like this person. And that's more what it seemed to be the focus that she was centered on as opposed to how do I win this game?
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. And as a reminder, these rules are all about people winning the game, mm-hmm. you know, not about, making friendships and having adventures uh so yes now one thing emotionally that struck me as weird was that after Brando was voted out we saw Kendra specifically say she wanted revenge on Emily and so I've been waiting and I thought something was going to come because otherwise why show it you know why Mm. show that but no no I mean Nothing happened there. She never spoke of it again, Ooh. and it was just—it was in the episode. Like, I want to get revenge on Emily, and then crickets. So I well, don't and know maybe why if that Emily's in, or
1: well, well, if Emily's in the final three, and then she would be like, "I'm not voting for you." <laughs> Here's my revenge.
2: <laughs> okay, that's a that's a good point. I mean, I guess it could it could go that far. My gosh. Who else will remember that, other than people like us who you. take notes on it and, <laughs> and stuff? I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I guess it's possible. That'll be very interesting to see. Yeah,
1: um, it will be. It will definitely be interesting.
2: so. Uh, but again, also, there's the issue there. You know, even that was emotional. Three mm-hmm. people voted Brando out in that situation. Yeah, uh, you know, and it was Austin, Drew, and Emily. But she mm-hmm. was mad at Emily for emotional reasons right. because she well, had, she had the connection with Emily. Right.
1: And that's what makes a difference is that yeah. Emily's my friend. And then Emily did yeah. this and that hurts my feelings. So now yeah. I'm mad at Emily, which I've always find fascinating about mm-hmm. Survivor when one person gets blamed for a groupthink decision.
2: When did that I ever think, happen? Hmm, I, I, I,
1: Isn't it I can't weird?
2: Imagine, <laughs> can't imagine. Why, why would bring would something like that up? That's so crazy. I mean, you would,
1: yeah. I, mm,
2: you know, that's weird. Yeah. Why why you would <laughs> that's that's so out of left field. I don't know. I know, um, I
1: know. Hmm. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh but anyway, we can move on to the fifth rule, which uh, reminds players they need to pretend to be nice and play the social game. And as much as we have already discussed her game being mostly emotional in nature. I am going to say, how do you think she did here? But on the other hand, you've already, actually, when we were in the first rule, you already started talking about this Mm -hmm. uh, in a way. So how else do you think she,
1: how else? Well, she's, I mean, she's just, she's a social person. And I think she wants to formulate relationships with the people that she Mm -hmm. gets a vibe from. Not everybody, which that's where it becomes problematic for her in a game like Survivor, because Kendra was, I feel choosy about who she was going to create those bonds Mm -hmm. with or create those friendships with, which is you've already spoken to the fact that she didn't even talk to Bruce and didn't try to strategize and let Kelly do that. And and so I I feel like for Kendra. Yes, I think socially she is an outgoing person and she wants to have relationships with people, but only those people that she feels something from and which then limits her social gameplay because she isn't like D, who is just formulating relationships across the board with everyone and including strategic conversations with those people. Whereas Kendra is like, I like this person and this person makes me feel good. So I'm going to share and I'm going to talk with them, but I'm only going to do that with some of them, not all of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, I do think pretty much everybody liked Kendra from a social yeah. standpoint, maybe not Bruce, but you know, you can't blame him for that since she did try to blindside him. Mm-hmm, um, she did, But nobody was like saying she needs to go. Cause she's super annoying. Um, it, it the, the, right. Problem was, which you already brought up, she didn't turn friendships into strategy, right? And it's you know, I hate to repeat myself or yourself, uh, ourselves, um, but I don't think it's in her nature, right? You know, we need to remember how she ended up applying. She hadn't watched Survivor in a while, and then the summer before this past one, she put on an episode before bed. And she stayed up for eight hours to watch the season. And in her pregame interview, she talked a lot about adventure, but not really the game itself. Right. And I think that's the type of person that we got there. She, you know, had friends. She didn't have allies.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think for her, it was very significant that she created those friendships mm-hmm. because that was what was going to be the most meaningful For her, which is why she probably limited herself at the same time, because she didn't realize that by not trying to formulate a bond with Bruce, Mm -hmm. that that was going to negatively affect her game because she wasn't looking at it as a game. She was looking at it as, you said, an adventure. And, oh, I've made friends. And so I get to be on this adventure with my friend Kelly. And this is so great. And I'm going to have these people with me that I've really created a bond with. But at the same time, this is a game for a million dollars. And everyone is competing against each other. And if it's just not in her makeup to focus that way on Mm -hmm. this game, you know, I think that that's what we ended up seeing is someone who was a very likable person and someone who got along with everyone for the most parts, except maybe the Bruce issue.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, just overall, she was just someone who focused more so on the friendship aspect of things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we can uh, you know, move on to the sixth rule, which warns against being too much of a threat. Now, an initial reaction might be if she wasn't really a schemer, she was mostly just being friendly. How could she be a threat? But we have to remember what we discussed in the first rule about her not being at all discreet about wanting D out. And that, you know, leading Mm. into the second rule, Mm -hmm. you know, Keturah told the Bellow people and then Kendra herself told Julie. Yeah. You know, needless to say, D was not happy about the situation. As soon as she heard Kendra put her name out there, she became focused, laser focused on getting her out. It's understandable. You don't want anyone mentioning your name just in case. I mean, sure, D is in the majority. But first, that presumes Jeff actually lets them all vote. And then (laughs) even, you know, without the nonsense of him taking away votes. An idol could pop up. So it only ends up taking a vote or two to knock her out. So Kendra repeating Dee's name was certainly taken as a threat by her and she had the power to deal with it.
1: Yes. And that's something we've talked about a lot that you become a threat to one person and that can be enough to bring about your own demise because now all of a sudden you become the focus of that person and Mm -hmm. Dee's coming with a group of people supporting her because she's got an alliance. And yep. so they are going to support her and whatever is a threat to D becomes a threat to the Alliance. And therefore Kendra finds herself being voted out.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, the seventh rule covers idols and advantages in game mechanics. And we discussed earlier how the vote removal took away the possibility of Emily flipping to the bellow. It's hard to say if it actually would have happened because there are plenty of issues among the bellow. Uh, Katura playing. Uh, every person for themselves. Uh, Bruce having issues with both Keturah and Kendra or them having issues with him. Jake being on the outs with everyone, et cetera. But at least it would have been theoretically possible. You know, the the way things shook out, once Dee put her foot down against Kendra, everyone just lined up behind her to vote her out.
1: Yeah, and this, I think, goes to that the easy decision idea, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like, well, everyone kind of seems to be getting behind this, and I'm not going to ruffle any feathers. So I'm just, that's fine. Like, we can right. all just, we can vote for Kendra, even though like Julie didn't want to vote for Kendra. But you know what? Why, why start a fight now? And yes. so, you know, Julie's in a very good position with the alliance of four that she's mm-hmm. a part of. So why is she going to? To make waves if it's not necessary. And so I do think that that's what ended up happening is, again, it's like, if everyone can kind of agree and we know that we've got the majority, why push? Right. Four was all it took for the majority because, you know, votes were lost, taken away.
2: Yes. Yes. Well, Appendix A uh, we can go to, which is about the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting. We talk about voting out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. At this point in the game, it's still usually good to be picking off strong opposition. But for the Reba, it's really any opposition that matters now. They mm. just need to keep picking people off. And this week, it came down to Jake or Kendra. It was the right move for D, of course. And once she was set, the rest of Reba had to follow, even though it probably pissed off Julie that she was again being overruled. But there isn't much Julie could have done at this point. She I do think she needs to make a move soon or she's just going to lose at the end. But this mm. vote was not the time to do it.
1: Yeah. And I do think that, and we've already talked about it, but mm-hmm. the people losing their votes took away any possible outcome other than what does Reba want? Right. Which is not what Survivor is supposed to be about. It's well, it kind of about-
2: is. It. I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, you know, go back to Pagonging. It's, you know, it's not fun to watch necessarily. Oh,
1: right, right. When I say that's not what cyber...
2: Ma- yeah, getting a majority yeah. and rolling over the opposition is kind of what Survivor is about. Yes,
1: and so I'm not saying that that, that is what Survivor is about, but in this formula, like in yes. this, you know, because you've, you've taken away the ability for... Right. you have You've got nine people, so there's a chance that those five could could come together Mm -hmm. and say, you know what, we have to do something about this group before over here. But now you've taken away the ability for anyone to do anything like that because now three people have lost their votes and two of those people are not part of that group of four. And so you have eliminated the possibility that those five could come together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, appendix B is about the jury phase, but I I don't, think anything jury related really entered into the discussion here um i do think and you know we've already mentioned this a little bit if julie makes it to the end with d this particular vote could be used against her because it showed who had the power in the agency Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: it wasn't julie so we'll have to watch for that
1: yeah the only thing that i not that this really matters as far as anyone else is concerned, but Kendra was thinking about who was going to vote for her because Kelly was now on the jury. So she was at least thinking about that.
2: She was, but she wasn't thinking about how to get there. You know, know. yeah, that's kind of of the problem there. You have to get there Uh,
1: first before you can start counting who's going to vote for
2: you. Yes. Yes. All right. So with that, it is about time to wrap things up. What are your final thoughts on Kendra?
1: Kendra. I really wish I could do a Drew Barrymore impression. I really wish I could because uh, it was mentioned in her pregame. And it I I do see that not only from her mannerisms and the way that she speaks, but also just the type of person she is. Mm-hmm. I do think that Kendra is someone who is just she loves life and she's someone who feels very connected to certain components of our existence that not everybody necessarily would feel connected to. But unfortunately, that doesn't resonate in the game of Survivor. It doesn't really carry over. You can go out onto an island and try to find peace and you can try to go out and, and have connections with nature and all of that's lovely and fine. But you also need to remember that you're there with people who are playing a strategic game and you have to play the strategic game as well in order to win that game. And I think for Kendra, it was more of a focus on who do I feel close to? And who do I feel like I'm connecting with? And she thought that that was going to win the day and that that would carry her through this game, not realizing or understanding that there's a second step. On that ladder. You have to first make those connections and formulate those bonds. And then you need to turn it into strategy. She really seemed to be missing that part of it. And so I do think that she probably created some long-lasting relationships and she'll probably come out of this with really great friends, which is lovely. But unfortunately, it wasn't going to help her win the game of Survivor. So uh, on, you know, Kendra was she was fun to watch. She was very entertaining. And I do think that there were moments that we saw that she just was a light out there and just really super fun and a great person to watch on television. But her survivor game was a little bit lacking in the strategic component. So sorry, Kendra, but you were great to watch. And uh, I hope it all works out for you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Kendra came into the game saying she wanted to be seen as just being happy go lucky. And while it wasn't how she played all the time, Uh, It wasn't like she was using that as a cover for being some sort of super strategic game bot. Uh, Kendra played with her emotions. That helped her forge some bonds, but it also made her overestimate other bonds, such as the one with Emily, who is all about the numbers, not the vibes. And also hurt her when she let those feelings guide her in terms of turning against people, specifically Bruce. Of course, another thing that hurt her was that she just wasn't great at scheming secretly. Kelly told us about wanting Bruce out, but it was a complete shock to Bruce when people told him that after she was gone. Meanwhile, he knew exactly what Kendra was up to in just a short period preceding the split tribal council. So that's a a contrast between these two players. If I had to guess, uh, I would say with Kendra, it was probably similar to what happened later on when Julie talked about Kendra wearing all over her face and body, what she wanted to do. Mm. That later time was when she talked about wanting to target D and talked about it to at least several people, including one of D's closest allies. Clearly, Kendra did not have a strategic read on where various people stood, even if we acknowledge that the Reba are apparently doing a very good job of hiding how tight they are. Players still need to realize what's going on. And it wasn't just happening with Kendra. It might seem like that doesn't matter since the Reba are in control anyway. But Katura saw it and used it to her advantage while Kendra walked right into making herself more of a target for this Uh vote. As I discussed earlier, Kendra talked in the pregame a lot about the adventure uh, of Survivor. And within her game, about friends and relationships. But that's not going to cut it when you're playing with strategists who are plotting their paths to the end and eliminating any potential threats. No matter how small the chances seem that those threats might succeed. Kendra just got outplayed. And that is why Kendra lost. There we are. There we are. There we go. All right. We we, went
1: quick on this one.
2: We did. Well, Uh, Yeah, I saw my notes and knew it was going to be quick. And part of it is we don't have the interviews to talk about. So that's missing a few things. Part of it is, uh, as we discussed, and I don't mean to rub salt in a wound, but there wasn't much strategy going on.
0: there. Mm -hmm. So,
2: you know. All right. Well, we can, uh, before we get to our predictions, let me remind everyone that the rules that we just discussed are available in poster form and in T-shirt form. And in T-shirt checklist form. Now, you may have noticed during this podcast, if you're watching us, that uh, Jessica is wearing the checklist and I'm wearing the poster, although it's on a very dark sweatshirt. So it's a little harder to see. Uh, and we <laughs> we don't do the sweatshirts anymore. So, um, you know, but hey. Still pretty cool, right?
1: It is very cool.
2: Um, um, but you, uh, of course, you can go to Rob has slash YX to click on these and you know order any of them
1: Mm -hmm. yes
2: uh so how else can people reach us
1: oh i never remember where we're going next so if you are interested i am at jessicalewis89 on twitter and david is at david bloomberg david does much more tweeting than i do throughout the week but we both live tweet during the episodes and also uh, David Bloomberg is a bit of a social media guru at this <laughs> point and does have an entire page at his link tree where you can find all of the content that he is putting out there, both on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. He's just everywhere. I aren't am. you, David?
2: I am everywhere. Um, and yes, I so you know, the link tree is Linktree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the ee. You can also find me on text-based most text-based social media, like Twitter and blue skies at David Bloomberg, the video platforms that uh, you just mentioned. I'm at David Bloomberg TV. And I've been posting these days. Now that big brother is gone. Uh, pretty much three videos per day. I decreased it for Thanksgiving. I didn't want to overwhelm, <laughs> um, but, or I didn't want to overwhelm myself. One of the two. Um, but, yeah, you know, we've got Survivor. We've got the Traders Canada. We've got Survivor UK. I did an Amazing Race one. Uh, House of Villains, although they took Thanksgiving off. Uh, so, yes, you'll get a variety of videos from different shows. Um, and so you can you can find all those on the TikTok and Instagram and YouTube uh, pages. As far as. Other shows, that's not the only place that I'm uh, dealing with them, because while I may be done with Big Brother, Why Blank Lost podcasting, but I'm still recapping the Traders Canada at the Tradar Podcast, which is spelled T-R-A-I-D-A-R, which is on your usual podcast host or as audio on YouTube. And I'm also podcasting there about Survivor UK with a co-host who lives in the UK and has never seen Survivor before. So he is literally the target audience for Survivor UK. So we get this this, uh, viewpoint um, that's a lot different than, you know, if you and I were watching it or Mm -hmm. other very experienced Survivor viewers. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to compare our views when we do that.
1: Yeah, I think this is fascinating. Look at you. You are just all over the place.
2: Yes, yes. David Bloomberg
1: taking over.
2: uh, You know. I don't know about that. Um, now, we can move to our predictions. Uh, and the mm. big question in the preview seems to be, will Emily turn on the Rebus? The problem is, presuming Jeff doesn't take away votes again, this is going to be an eight-person vote. Yeah. So even if Emily could somehow wrangle Jake and Bruce and Katura to all work together with her, that's a 4-4 four, four tie. Um, they would either need Bruce to use his idol on whoever the Reba's are targeting, or they would have to pull a Reba to their side, probably Julie. The former is more likely because if Emily can pretend to still be with the Reba's, find out the target, tell Bruce, Bruce could play the idol and they could vote out a Reba. But there's one huge presumption in here, and that is that all those people can work together. And mm. I just cannot see it. I do not think Bruce and Keturah will work together, and I do not think Bruce will use his idol on anyone but himself.
1: No, he will not use it on anyone but himself.
2: Yeah. So with everything that I just said, I think this is going to be a straightforward, pagonging vote either either bruce wins immunity again and isn't available or else he plays his idol and they flush it out and either way your winner pick finally gets voted out
1: no it will not be jake well and you know why it won't be jake
2: why because there's no reason
1: to vote jake out
2: i mean jake will do he's not a reba
1: well okay but Jake will go along with whatever he is told at this point and who he needs to
2: vote for. So will Katura, So will Bruce. And in the meantime, we saw Jake having an argument with Drew and complaining about him.
1: What? Okay. But let's just play out your little mm,
2: fantasy story that you just, yes. Yes.
1: yes, The little fantasy that you just created with Emily, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because if we're to look at the group of potential people who could turn on Reba and make something happen, who is the one person that has all of the information? It's Emily, right? And so if anyone is going to be a potential threat to cause issues for Reba, it's going to be Emily. So I don't see Bruce playing an idol Mm. for Emily at all. So she would be the safest person to put votes on because he's certainly not going to be passing Emily, his idol. And you don't, she has no connections besides the people from Reba who she's clearly had some discussions with. And she wanted to do what vote out one of the Reba, right? She was like, what about D?
2: Yeah. He's also
1: doing the same thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Austin, in his confessionals there, still said, I still want to keep both of them here. I want to, you know, stay close to D and stay close to Emily. So unless well, and- she outwardly does something beyond just asking a question, I think that she's safe. Why vote? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it goes back to uh, the issue of... Uh, we discussed it a uh, a couple uh, weeks ago with Cassidy. Why vote for the person who might be against you when you can vote for the person who is definitely against you?
1: Oh, and I don't discount that either. But I think out of this group, Emily is going to be against them because of what happened when she was like, Hey, I think we need to look at D and they, I don't know that
2: Austin and drew realize that. I don't think they realize how badly they performed in that conversation.
1: Oh, and I'm sure that they probably don't, but drew is smart enough to start putting together. Yeah. Who they need to be worried about at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think they should be worried about Katora, but nobody seems to be worried about Katora because Katora is kind of towing the line and doing what she needs to do. But I just feel like, Emily is going to be that one person that if they are worried about Bruce passing his idol and playing it for someone else, mm-hmm. Emily is the only person besides Katora that he would not give his idol to. So I feel like that's going to be a safe vote for them to make just because... She is the only one who was also mentioned D's name, and what did D say when you say oh, yeah. my name? You have to go home.
2: Yeah, so if I don't D know. D finds that I, out, that. I don't think. Yeah, that's exactly it. If D finds out, I don't think yeah. Drew or Austin told D about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think right now, for, in their mind, they're like, "We can, we can deal with Jake whenever." Like, they're right. not worried about Jake because Jake is going to literally do whatever he is told. They don't have to worry about Jake trying to wrangle a bunch of people and say we need to go take out Mm -hmm. drew or austin whereas emily is someone that could do that
2: yeah i don't know I, i i don't see it but as you were talking one other thing occurred to me if they want to flush out the idol do they need to split their vote no they don't because they can just act like they're voting Bruce. And then when he plays the idol, he doesn't actually have any votes on him. So never right. mind. Um, so, yeah, I'm still going with Jake. I think okay. Jake's a good Well, I
1: can't go with Jake because he's winning. Remember?
2: Oh, OK, OK. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm picking sure. Emily. OK. Oh, really? Oh,
2: I said, God. sure. That's all the attitude.
1: I could hear I, the tone. It was the no tone. tone. There no was tone. tone. No tone. Oh, listen! I have a 16 year old son. I know the tone. Want to hear the tone?
2: Ah, uh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. now that was tone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, as we wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out the RJP Patron program at robhaswebsite slash patron. You can get all access to all the special podcasts that Rob puts out just for the patrons, and of course, you get access to the Facebook groups and the Discord, and you know just. Everything that's out there, there's tons of extra content and stuff. So check it all out at RobHasWebsite.com slash patron. And also make sure you're subscribed to all of the Reality TV rap Ups podcasts by going to RobHasWebsite.com slash Rehap Ups feed and selecting your favorite podcast service of choice. Uh, you'll find us, the B&B, uh, Survivor International, and then, of course, tons of podcasts on a wide variety of other shows and topics. So. Uh, again, Rob has website.com slash rehab ups.
1: And we would like to thank everyone who does the editing on all of the RHAP content, not just for Why Blink Lost, but the incredible amount of podcasts that are put out and just so many incredible. Opportunities for listeners to enjoy all kinds of content on various programs. So, thank you so much, Scott St. Pierre, for leading the charge on that, and everyone else who handles all of the editing on all of the content from RHAP. And thank you to from America for our theme song, which you hear on the non video version of the Why Blind Gloss podcast. And thank you, David, for today and for another, though later in-time podcast mm-hmm. that we would normally do, but we had to digest all of that food before we sat down and talked I about I think Kendra. I'm still
2: working on it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we brought home leftovers. So, oh, of course. Yeah, yes, obviously. How do you not bring
1: home leftovers? No,
2: I mean, you've got to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, thank you, Jessica, for another great episode. We will see everyone in about five days instead of a week. So, look at mm-hmm. it that way, we may have been a, later, a little bit later this time, but there's a shorter gap between when you get to see us again. That's right. So we will see everyone soon. Bye.
1: Bye. If you
0: lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and
2: Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and we will show you how. You played yourself and got voted out.
0: This is why Blank lost. And This is why Blank lost. Ooh. Baby this is what like love